0: Last week, we talked about how we set a date to be able to move back into the worship center. And that, of course, is gonna be December the 17th. So that's three weeks from today. Exciting, yeah, again. But that is also of course one week shy of the one year anniversary of uh, of the flood. The flood happened on Christmas Eve of last year and so we're going to miss it just by one whole year. Uh, By one week, it's hard to believe that it will have been an entire year that we've been out of there But as most of you know, that's because we decided not just to put things back together the way they were But to go ahead and use the time that we were now out of that To make some necessary renovations and just things we wanted to do to set us up for the future To be able to continue to do ministry and missions well and serve the people within our community and so it's taken a bit longer than maybe uh, it would have if we'd have just put it back together or even that we anticipated and I know that you're excited about it and it's going to be a great place for for us to be able to gather together each Sunday and worship and for the community to come and for us to invite our friends and our family to and all of those kind of things but With all of the excitement and all of the enthusiasm, there is something that we do need to be a little bit careful about as we transition back into this space. And that is that, again, as much as we are excited about what the Lord is going to be doing and how he's going to be using this space, Satan hates it absolutely hates it and our enemy is out to steal he is out to kill and destroy he does not want us to experience the life of Christ that we have in our lives if we've accepted him by faith he doesn't want to see God worshiped he doesn't want to see God glorified he doesn't want to see God honored he doesn't want us to invite our unchurched friends to come and hear about the good news no 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 what he wants to do is devour us what he wants to do is divide us and keep us from using this space to be all that it could be for God's glory and we know this to be true because of what scripture says about this battle and this fight this war that we're really in right scripture tells us Paul says that our struggle is not against flesh and blood but against the rulers against the authorities against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms that influence this dark world There is this invisible battle that is taking place constantly. This spiritual war that is taking place. Things that are going on in our world, things that are going on in our own lives, things that are even going on in our churches that we don't always see. And Satan is the one who is on the attack. And again, I referenced this earlier, but this is what Satan is on the attack to do. Jesus tells us this in John chapter 10, that the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. This is what he seeks to do, is to steal and kill and destroy, to rob us, to keep us from experiencing the life of Christ and either receiving him as our Lord and Savior and once we have or if we have, to keep us from experiencing the abundant life that we receive and find in him. And so that's why the Apostle Peter even wrote in 1 Peter 5.8 for us to be alert, to be looking, to be of sober mind because our enemy, he says your enemy the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. This is what he is out to do. Satan hates you. Satan hates Jesus. Satan hates Jesus the church and he is looking for every opportunity to steal kill and destroy to devour me and you and us as a church and sometimes the work that he is doing can be obvious and seen and you can experience and see some dark things that take place in our world and in our own lives sometimes and you just okay yeah that's him and that's his activity right but the other part of that is that sometimes his work is very subtle, right? I mean, we do know that Scripture references him as the deceiver. The deceiver, the great dragon was thrown down, Revelation 12, 9, that ancient serpent who is called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the world. This is one of his titles. He is known as a deceiver because he... Deceives. He whispers lies to us and tries to twist the truth and deceive us. We even see this activity all the way back in the very beginning. You can open up the very beginning of your Bible and in the third chapter of Genesis, we see that Satan is deceiving Adam and Eve and the words that are even used there that the serpent Satan was cunning and he was crafty he was being deceptive it wasn't obvious what it was that he was doing and one of the things as he's trying to deceive you and I and being crafty and seeking to steal kill and destroy that one of the things that he's trying to do through his lies and his deception and his scheming is to divide the church. And we know that to be true because of all the places that we see in Scripture where the writers of these different letters to new covenant churches where the Holy Spirit is inspiring them to be sure and tell the church to watch out for divisions. The Corinthian church, Paul's writing this letter to the church at Corinth and he says, now I appeal to you I urge you, look at the family language, brothers and sisters, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you be in agreement and that there be no divisions among you. Paul was saying, let there be no divisions among you. He doesn't just say it here, but he says it to churches in other places as well the church at Rome he writes in the 12th chapter live in harmony with one another let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and to mutual edification when he was writing to the church at Ephesus you see similar language again be completely humble and gentle be patient bearing with one another in love watch this make every effort not not some effort (laughs) make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace every effort the moment that you and i put our faith and trust in jesus for salvation we are reunited into a relationship with him And through that spiritual union that we begin to experience, we're now united to each other. There is a unity that the Spirit creates, but it is up to us then to be able to keep and maintain and live within that unity. Right? Of course, with keeping our eyes fixed on the Spirit and allowing Him to enable and empower us to be able to do so. But listen, the writers of Scripture were always having to write about watch out for divisions, watch out for divisions, live in harmony, make every effort to live within unity. Why? Because they understood that Satan is constantly at work behind the scenes to cause division within the church. And again, it's not always obvious. Sometimes it can be in very subtle ways. And so as we begin to think about this, even in relation to what I mentioned earlier with us moving back into a new place, a new worship center that we've been out of for over a year, it's super exciting. We're all looking forward to being back in there. But here is how Satan will try to use that to divide us again in very subtle ways. Through preferences. Because we're going to get back into this newly renovated worship center. We're going to start looking around, and it's going to be great. We're going to be so excited. We're ready to worship. We're ready to praise the Lord, praise Him for His faithfulness. And then all of a sudden, we start to think about what we like and what we don't like. You know what? These changes that we made, I approve of those. Those were good. I would have made the exact same changes. But these changes over here I'm not so sure about I personally wouldn't have done it that way right? Now why again did we choose this color Or why don't we choose that color Or why don't we go with those lights Or why don't we go with this particular carpet And not that it's wrong to have an opinion Alright that's certainly okay We all have different taste, We all have different preferences And partly that's a reflection of the way That God has made us Right I mean it's a good thing Right he's made uh, uh, us Diverse Thank God we're not all alike and that we have different uh, differences of opinion and we see the world kind of in uh, different ways. And that's one of the reasons that we even kind of put together a team to help make the decisions that we were going to make. We recognize and realize that we are one church who worships in two different worship um, services. And often that's made up of two different generations and ways of doing things. And it was important to us, knowing that God created diversity within us as a church, to have the Holy Spirit speaking through different individuals who have been wired differently to be able to land where we did in making the decisions that we made And so that is a good thing in a lot of ways, but here's the thing that Satan will try to do. Satan, what he will do is begin working to elevate those secondary differences of opinion into primary things that are facts in our minds, right? So so these are the things that should have been done for sure. These are the things that should not have been done for sure. In other words, these choices were right and those choices were wrong. It becomes a moral issue now. Not just a secondary difference of opinion about things, it becomes right and wrong in our own minds and Satan convinces us of those things and then he convinces us that we should grumble about them that we should complain about them to our family and to our friends and to anyone it is who would listen. And now, instead of our focus being on worshiping the Lord and instead of our focus being on sharing the gospel with those who are lost and dying for connection and real life, our focus is on making sure that we are seen, that we are heard, and that all of these secondary preferences that Satan elevated to primary realities in our own minds, he's now using it to cause discord and division in the church. And again, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that there's not a time and a place to be able to have those kinds of conversations about things, but there is a way to be led by the Spirit when we engage in those types of conversations. I mean, it is important that we have a culture of accountability it is important that we have a culture where things are out in the open and we can talk about how decisions were made and making sure that we're being good stewards of the things that God has entrusted to us but the spirit will always do that in such a way where we're seeking unity and not division where we're seeking unity and it not being about us where we're thinking of others in humbling ourselves and valuing them over and above ourselves. I had someone reach out to me just a couple of weeks ago about preferences involved in the worship service. I won't tell you which service that they come to but this person wanted to have a conversation about ultimately that's what it was. It was about preferences right but here's the way that this person did it they came to me personally this person made statements like hey I've seen way too much division in the church and I hate it and so I am not talking about this with my family I'm not talking about this with my friends I'm not talking about it with my Sunday school class I came to you and I'm just having a conversation with you and a discussion about it in a way that hopefully maintains unity And I just appreciated that so much. And again, not that you can't or we can't go to people that we love and we trust and and value whether we should bring these things up in other settings, but the main thing is that the Spirit will always lead us when we're feeling led by Him and not being influenced by Satan in those ways to maintain and seek unity when it comes to preferences, opinions, and questions that we have about those kinds of things. Matter of fact, Scripture is what testifies to this work that he will do in and through us to maintain that unity. I I read most of this verse to you earlier when we were talking about how Paul said, let there be no divisions among you, but we stopped here at the comma. All right, so here's what he goes on to say. So let there be no divisions among you, but that you be united in the same Mind, and the same purpose. Paul says, okay, don't let this happen. Be on guard, be alert, be of sober mind about what Satan's trying to do to cause division. Instead, focus on and be united about the same mind and the same purpose. Now, this doesn't mean that, again, we all have the same opinions about everything. That we all think the exact same things all of the time. Right. This just means for us to be focused on keeping the main things actually the main things, the great commission and loving and serving others and the work that Jesus is doing in and through us. And again, just like Paul had to write and say, watch out for the divisions and things, he writes and says pretty much the same thing to all of them, to counter watching out for divisions and looking for what it is that satan is doing and so as we go on we see him in the second letter to the corinthian church saying finally brothers and sisters rejoice strive for full restoration encourage one another and be of one mind same thing that he said earlier first peter finally all of you be like-minded be sympathetic love one another be compassionate and humble And then finally, uh, one last example, Philippians chapter two, verses one and two. He says, therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then do this, make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. I mean, over and over and over again. He's having to say these things. He's encouraging us. He's pleading with us, saying be of one mind and be of one purpose. Be alert. Stay on guard of what Satan's doing to cause divisions when it comes to preferences and opinions about things, but stay focused on Christ. Stay focused on the gospel. Stay focused on the great commission of going and making disciples. And Paul, even with this example of what he's writing to the Philippian church, even tells us in the next couple of verses how to check for this kind of activity to see if you're being led by the Spirit or to test whether you're really being led by your flesh in those moments. And so right after this, he says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. This word in the original language can be translated empty glory do nothing out of your own selfishness just because you're thinking one way about one thing don't be arguing about things and trying to get attention for chasing after what is called empty glory Right, I'm I'm, I'm chasing after it. I need to be seen. I need to be heard. I want to be proven as right that my opinion about these things is what was the best for what it is that we should have done and I'm chasing the glory to be proven right in all of those things but it's in the end just empty. It's all in vain. It doesn't really matter because it's fleshly and what is of our flesh will never really last. So uh, that's how we would know if we're doing this uh, for the wrong or the right reasons. The wrong reason is if we can point to selfishness or we're chasing glory in it, vain conceit. So Paul says don't do anything out of those motives, but rather in humility value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interest of others. Satan works to cause division through selfish ambition and vain conceit. The Spirit leads us to unite by valuing others above ourselves, valuing others' preferences over and above our own, and the Spirit will always lead us to be of one mind and of one purpose. And so as we just look over the next few weeks towards getting back into our worship center and being able to worship in there, let's do that. Let's be of one mind. Let's be of one purpose as we move back in there. Let's don't do anything out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but let's look to others and focus on worshiping together. Well, we just spent five weeks Looking at a biblical perspective of worship, what it looks like as we corporately worship together, and then as God sends us out as the church to live a lifestyle of worship as He guides our lives and He expresses His life in and through us. And so now we have the opportunity as we move back in there to put that into practice all of the things that we've learned about worship again as He continues to guide us and empowers us to do so. So let's commit to staying focused on Christ, staying focused on the abundant life that we have in him. Let's be looking for who the Lord is leading us to invite to hear the gospel or to get reconnected back into church if they've been out for a long time. I mean, this is really a great opportunity for us to invite people. I mean, every Sunday is a great opportunity for us to invite people to hear the gospel, but even maybe more so because it's even easier, right? Come with us and see our newly renovated worship center with me. It's going to be exciting, and if you've got kids or preteens, come check out our new children's church area and our new preteen area and what God is doing in the lives of our kids, and when they show up, let's love and let's Serve them well when they're here. Let's welcome them in no matter who they are, no matter where they've been, no matter what it is that they've done in the same way that Christ would welcome them in and invite them to experience His love and His mercy and His grace. And you guys are already so good at doing that. I continue to hear from guests and people who show up that man you guys are a friendly church you're a welcoming church you you engage with people and you're you're, you're good about making sure that people feel welcome and I just thank you for that I, I love that about us it warms my heart so much to know that that is what people are experiencing we had another pastor who retired um not too long ago from our community and what a what a weird place to be in to be pastoring a church for 20 something years and then going now I have to find, or I feel like I should go find a new place to, to worship, to give whoever's taking my spot maybe a chance to get their feet wet, and so that people aren't coming to me as the guy who is seen as the one still in charge, and, and, and he even mentioned to me that out of all of the churches that they had been to thus far and were visiting, that we were the only church who even acknowledged that they were visiting that day and not only did one person talk to them but a number of people welcomed them in and they just felt so loved and so warmed and so I just share that with you again as another real life example of how the Spirit's working in and through you when people do come and now we have even a greater opportunity to invite people in and to feel welcome and experience the love and mercy of Christ and so Man, I'm excited. I'm so looking forward to December the 17th, and I know that many of you are too, but let's be of one mind. Let's be of one purpose and share that abundant life that Christ came to give all of us with all who walk in those doors to worship with us. And again, I just will close by saying this. This message did not come from any way, shape, or form because there was any of that kind of noise or activity that was already happening. It's not coming from a place of, oh, I know who this church really is and what's probably going to be coming or anything like that over the three years that I've been here. I don't experience anything like that with any of you, but simply out of the place that if Peter has to tell us to guard against and be watching for Satan who is the deceiver and always in and working through any little cracks in that to just go okay let's be aware that he's looking to try to find ways to devour and divide us and this could be one of those opportunities but not today satan not on our watch right because the lord's made us aware of these things and we're going to keep our eyes fixed on him and how he's leading us as a church let's pray